0: Hello to our freaky family. I'm Michelle. And I'm Candy. And this is Sips of Crime.
1: Welcome back everybody. Hello. How was your week?
0: It was good. Um, we actually had a lot of fun. It was a beautiful weekend um, last weekend. And so my husband and I actually went and got a 75-foot slip and slide.
1: Oh, heck yeah.
0: Yes. And um, we had some friends over who um, actually has a son that goes to school with our daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they played, and it was so much fun. Um, and I even got out there. And on the slip and slide. I got on the slip and slide. It was a, it was a mistake. <laughs> Mistakes were made. I am not the spring chicken I used to be. I woke up the next morning so sore. Oh, I bet. So sore. Um, but it was worth it. I mean, we had so much fun. We grilled steaks. And, and at least the kids had fun. Yes, the kids had an absolute blast. We put, like, um, baby shampoo
1: oh, yeah, on it. Yes.
0: <laughs> and we... Um, ended up getting some uh, inner tubes and like a boogie board. Oh, and so cool. yeah, but I mean it was just awesome. We got a couple of uh, new sprinklers and so we had a we had a great day. It was a lot of fun. So nice. Yes. But I am paying for it.
1: Oh well it's okay.
0: What have you been up to?
1: Um well I I, I haven't done much. I did some laundry today and um, I actually picked up I did this order with Presland Designs. I hope to God I'm pronouncing that right (laughs) because, you know, I murdered that mess. But eh, I should not always say that. (laughs) I do not pronounce names very well. But I got, like, two new little wooden door hangers. Yeah. Um, I got the cutest little freaking bookmark. I mean, it was just, like, all... Like, she made it. Yeah, handmade.
0: Yes, everything. Buy local, you guys. Buy
1: local. And if y'all want to check her out, she's got a Facebook page. Um, I'll definitely get Michelle to post it because, you know, she does all the social media.
0: (laughs) I'll put it in the show notes for you guys. But um, she is awesome.
1: And I was so excited to take everything home. Well, one of the door hangers that I've got, it's fairly large. Mm-hmm. And it says, welcome suckas, <laughs> like succulents. Yes. But um it's really, really big. So I have to figure out, um, and it's a little heavier than your mm-hmm. normal door hangers, which is fine, but um I've got to find something that will support it so it doesn't, you know, just Dropped to the floor, <laughs> but no, she is freaking awesome. So I am super excited for that, and definitely will be ordering more stuff for. From yeah, her.
0: I absolutely love um handmade stuff. I love going on Etsy and finding little um like smaller boutiques. Like, unfortunately, mm-hmm. Etsy and stuff like that, like a lot of like the bigger name companies have gotten on there, and you can tell that it's not like a home. You know, grown business. Um, right. and so, you know, like I said, shop local is super important. I own my own business as well, and I'm not going to plug that in or anything like that from here. But my point is, it just means a lot whenever, um, you know, local people come to you and, and love your product and, you know, get to enjoy that and you get to share your passion with them. Right. I mean, she has like shirts,
1: tumblers, everything. And I sent her something, um, and I was like, hey, yo, can
0: you make this? Yeah. And she's like, Totally. And I'm yes. like
1: huh, heck yeah, <laughs> let's do it.
0: Yeah, and now the items though that you got it's not just like a cricket machine, she like put it on there. Like you said they're actual like wooden, like solid pieces. Yeah, so
1: I think I'm pretty sure she has a cricket machine. Well of course you because, give the girl a cricket know,
0: machine and she can conquer the world. She can
1: she does shirts and Right, right, um, right. But your wooden pieces I mean though. But no, she I guess has like a legit well, I don't know what it's called. I don't even know what you would use to make know, stuff but like she, that. She it I guess she put she programs it to yeah, cut. And designs everything herself. Yep. That is so awesome. It, it, she's she's very, very talented. And you can, I mean, you can tell her, hey, just make it like the picture or yeah. put your own twist on it. And, um, hey, I want it this color and this color. Mm-hmm. And she'll do it. And, of course, when I ordered my stuff, it was back on Mother's Day. And I was mm-hmm. like, hey, no rush. like Yeah. You get mine. Go spend time with your
0: family, whatever. Very excited to get it. Good, good. Well, we've got a lot of fun things um, going on on the back end of our podcast. Um, We've got a lot of fun stuff coming for you guys. Um, You should be getting some bonus episodes here soon, some more happy hours, um, because our birthdays are coming up. Um, We're not 100% sure when that's going to happen or how that's going to go down, um, but we're super excited to celebrate those with you guys. Our birthdays are kind of a big deal around here. (laughs) I don't know about y'all, but, um, we love to celebrate our birthdays and, um, we always celebrate them together. Yes. So that should be a lot of fun content for you guys coming at you. Um, but yeah, other than that, I don't think there's any other business. What are we drinking today? We are
1: drinking Agavita. It's a mango wine. Ooh. We'll see. I mean, the bottle is super cute. It's
0: adorable bottle.
1: Um, i a
0: sucker for a bottle of wine. That's me too, adorable.
1: and I think that gets me sometimes. Oh, it does.
0: I absolutely buy wines because of the label. And Come like, on.
1: when you look through the glass, you yes. see this cute orange mango-y so, It's a work design. of art. It's beautiful. Um, it's agave wine made from premium blue agave and infused with fruit flavors. Agavita is sweet, slightly effervescent wine made from premium blue agave and natural flavors, Refreshing and delicious, best served chilled or over ice. Hashtag #Agave all day,
0: agave all day. And this one is only five percent. Another alcohol. low alcohol. Um, it's because summer's here. It's because like we're outside, uh, it's hot. True. I didn't think about and that. And we've been gravitating towards um, like summery, fruity. yeah, fruity wines. And unfortunately, those are a little lower in alcohol content. Which, which I guess is it's not bad. Not bad. You can drink more. <laughs> Yes. another bubbly one. Yes, yes. Cheers. Cheers. That's not bad. It's not as dry as I thought. No. When I had originally smelled it, I kind of thought that it was going to be a little drier. No, I smelled it and... It's got a very naturally sweet flavor. It's not sugary. Mm -mm. No, it's like, and it's not that heavy, like, hurt your teeth Mm -mm. sugar. Mm -mm. That is very interesting. It's a little light, though. There's not a a huge mango flavor by any means.
1: No, and I was afraid it was
0: going to be, like, overpowered Yeah, because people can do that sometimes with their fruit wines. Terrible. Yeah. No, this one's actually really good. I'm really surprised. I wasn't expecting to like this one. And, like, now that I smell it and I've tasted it, it's good. Yeah. Again, that's another porch sipping wine. Mm-hmm. So you've got a very interesting case for us today, do you not? Um. Well, I mean, I
1: am not gonna lie. I lie, Yes. So I mean, we all think our kids are crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, like our kids are the crazy, walls, full of energy, absolutely all nuts. over the place. You know, whatever else your child may do. My child's nuts. Mine is, too. Well, sometimes. Sometimes he's he's super sweet. Other times, I'm Mine just is like, super sweet, too, but she's also nuts. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, what the heck? Like, as soon as your feet hit the floor, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 100 miles an hour. What the heck? Did, no, you ain't even ate nothing, drank nothing yet, and you <laughs> acted like you done ate six bars of candy. So, I'm going to tell you of a story about a little girl named Mary Bell. Okay. She just might make you feel better about your own kids. And make you think, eh, maybe they're not so crazy. Oh, Lord. Are you ready? I am. Grab a glass. Grab a friend. Let's dive in. Mary Flora Bell was born in May of 1957 to an unwed, mentally unstable, and somewhat of herself a child at only the age of 17 when she gave birth by the woman named Betty Bell. Betty would later wed Mary's father, but marriage did not guarantee a stable home. Mary's father was frequently out at work and occasionally in trouble with the law. Well, Betty, she wasn't too great herself. She would frequently leave Mary with relatives or acquaintances, even a woman she met on the street. (gasps) Outside an abortion clinic.
0: Perfect. Could you imagine? Hey, hi, what's your name? Oh, yeah, great.
1: Here's my kid. Just some rando. (laughs) Like, hey, will you watch my kid? Could you watch my kid for a minute? Lord have mercy. So, no, neither one of her parents were Fantastic. Mary's mother was said to be a prostitute and actually didn't know who Mary's father was, but believed it to be Billy Bell, which is the guy that she married. Mm -hmm. So the Bell home, which was in Newcastle, England, it was filthy. It was lightly furnished. (sighs) Individual accounts from family members suggest that Betty attempted to kill Mary and make her death look accidental more than once during the few years of Mary's life.
0: What? More than once? More
1: than once is what other family members had said. Oh, my Lord. Even on the day she was born and placed in Betty's arms, she shouted at the hospital staff, Take the thing away from me. (gasps) How do you call a baby that
0: you just had a thing? Well, how do you call a baby that you didn't just give birth to a thing? I mean, it's a child. It's a baby. That's crazy. One incident in
1: 1960... Betty dropped Mary from a first-floor window. On another occasion, she filled her full of sleeping pills. Oh, my God. How old is she at this point? 1960, and she was born in 1957, so three. Maybe close to three. She gave
0: her three-year-old sleeping pills. Filled her with them, actually, was your
1: description. Yep. Uh, Dropped her from a first-floor window. And then one time... Sold her to a mentally unstable woman who couldn't have children. You sold your kid. Like for money? I, it didn't even say. That is. Oh
0: my lord. So. I can't imagine. Right, right. I don't understand how anybody. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent here, but I do not understand... Like, I understand if you don't want kids. That's fine. That's your prerogative. I'm certainly not going to tell right. you have kids not. if you don't want them. No, by God, all means no. don't. If you don't want kids, please don't have them. I also completely understand the idea of postpartum depression. Women go through a lot during pregnancy and a lot during birth. I can completely understand that mental... You know, instability. And that's a lot of
1: things that people, that's a lot, or that's a topic that not a lot of people talk about. No, it
0: never gets talked about because it's and like it we're women. Be talked about a lot yeah. more. No, we're women. We're just supposed to, you know, have a bunch of babies and then we best get back to work as soon as we possibly can. Not to mention we need to keep our figure good and we need to smile no. and look pretty. No. It's absolutely ridiculous. Your body goes through so much whenever you have a child, when you give birth, and you need to rest, not just physically, but mentally as well. And then well. you have the people that don't
1: have great births. No, exactly. And mentally have to comprehend what the heck happened to them. Right. And then then go mentally prepare yourself to be a mother. But all those hormones and all everything. Raging. Right. Everything's just all happening at one time. And you're just expected to just handle it. Everything's good. Everything's yeah. right back to normal. Yeah, it's supposed to be Absolutely inst- not. It's supposed to be instincts, right? And you're supposed to, you're never ever supposed to want to be away from your baby. Oh, good Lord. You know, you're never blah, blah, blah.
0: And No, the time no. away from my child is something that keeps me mentally sane and keeps exactly. me mentally stable. Now, don't get
1: me wrong. I miss my child well, of as course soon I do. as they leave. Yes. And even at work, I'll look at pictures mm-hmm. and stuff of him. I love my child.
0: And you almost have to force yourself to enjoy the time that you're... Yes,
1: I feel terrible. <sighs> mm-hmm. But I know he's fine. Right. I know he's having a good time. I know he needs a mental break for me. Oh, my. Physically ju- <laughs> and mentally. I've
0: got to tell you. So, my um, mother-in-law, you know, God bless her soul. Um, she is very, very active in my daughter's life. And um, seriously, since infancy, she has kept her just about every single Friday night. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, my daughter is now seven. She's getting a little bit of an attitude. I wonder where she got that from? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we were in an argument or something on Thursday. Mm-hmm. She, we had, you know, been had a had a rough week or whatever, and she was just she was mad at me. She was sick and tired of me, and she looked me square in the face and she said, "Don't I go to Nana's tomorrow?" <laughs> and I said, "Yes, you do." And she said, "Good." <laughs> <laughs> I'm going on my wife. <laughs> I'm sorry, but my child needs a break from me, too. And that's okay. Like, you should be taking those breaks. But, but, if you are living a lifestyle that is not healthy for you or your mental status, and seeing your child doesn't make you want to be a better person, I don't understand that at all, in the least. No, no, I I don't understand that. How can you look at your baby and think... Well, I'm gonna throw it down a flight of steps. I'm gonna no. give my three year old sleeping pills. I'm gonna sell my child. No, I
1: don't agree with any of that. I do agree that postpartum is a real thing. Absolutely. I don't think throwing my baby off a first floor balcony is postpartum depression.
0: No, no, it is not. I think that's you being a piece of shit. It's a it's you being a piece of shit, absolutely. Like a disgusting human. I mean we that's two totally different subjects. Two to- totally different subjects. So she sells her to a mentally unstable woman. Who does not have children of her own. Can't.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't do it.
0: Yeah. Yep. So,
1: resulting in her older sister, Catherine, having to travel and reclaim Mary. Uh, returning her home to Betty, Mary herself said she was a subject to repeated sexual abuse, her mother forcing her to engage in sex acts <gasps> with men from the early age of five. Oh, my God. Five. Mary grew up in Scottswood area of Newcastle. Which at the time was economically depressed. Domestic violence and criminal activity were very common at this time. And so as a result, her previous crimes of attacks, vandalisms, or theft didn't attract attention. She had developed a reputation as a show off. So when she claimed, I'm a murderer, it was dismissed as another boast from Mary. Hmm. And how old is she now? Starting into elementary school. Okay. Wow. Well, so young. Here's a picture of where she lived. Mm-hmm. Here's a picture of Miss Mary Bell mm-hmm. as a elementary kid. I'm sorry. That is a creepy photo. It is. Um, it, just a smile kills me. Yeah.
0: She's just, it's a, it's, like, that is not a smile. That is a smirk. Yeah. You know, that like, is a smirk. I dare you.
1: <sighs> At school, Mary became known as a chronic liar and a disruptive child. On occasion, she voiced her desire to hurt people. Mm. She even attempted to strangle or suffocate her classmates or playmates on several occasions. Oh my God. Even attempting to block the trachea of a young girl with sand.
0: I, you know, I, I mean, obviously, I, we cannot sit here and think like that, you know, that that's okay. But, I mean, this is all she's known.
1: Right, but... No, I, I still question why the school is still letting her come to school.
0: Yeah, no, the, the, I would definitely think that at this day and age that she'd be expelled. But, I mean, the point is that, I mean, like I said, violence is all she's known. We say, you feel bad for the child. Not the adult. Right.
1: But. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't know if this plays into this here. <laughs> it, it's not. It's so not. It's, <laughs> it's definitely not. Um, I, I feel bad for what she grew up mm-hmm. in. Is what I'm referring to that. Right. But the rest of this story, no, I do not. Oh, Lord. This behavior that she displayed to other children led to the other children not wanting anything to do with her. Well, yeah. Right. <laughs> to say the least. Other than her neighbor, Norma Joyce Bell, which they're not related. Oh, I was about to say. Even <laughs> is that though a family member? Nope. Even though they have the same last name, they are not related. So, here is a updated picture of Norma and Mary. Here's Mary. Here's Norma. Huh. They Mary still looks creepy. Yes. Norma looks like she's maybe not all there. Maybe mm-hmm. she is.
0: Both are just kind of staring blankly. It's very yes. creepy. Very eerie.
1: Well, that super cruel urge that she voiced so many times to hurt people surfaced on May 11th of 1968 when Mary and Norma Bell were playing with a three-year-old boy on top of Newcastle Air Road Shelter. The boy fell and was severely injured. He was discovered wandering, dazed, and bleeding in the vicinity of St. Margaret's Road in Scottswood. The child later informed the police that he had been playing with Mary and Norma, and one of them had pushed him. He was unsure of which one. Unfortunately, the incident was written off as an accident. Oh, poor baby. The very next day... On May 12th, the mothers of three girls informed the police that Mary and Norma had attacked and attempted to strangle their children. Mary and Norma were interviewed and lectured by authorities, but no juvenile charges were filed. They denied anything to do with the little boy, and Mary denied the three little girls. But Norma admitted Mary had tried to, quote, throttle, unquote, each of the girls, stating, quote, Mary went to one of the girls and said, what happens if you choke someone? Do they die? Then Mary put both hands round the girl's throat and squeezed. The girls turned the girls started to turn purple. I told Mary to stop, but she wouldn't. Then she put her hands around Pauline's throat and she started going purple as well. Another girl, Susan Cornish, came up and Mary did the same thing to her. Unquote.
0: Oh my god. Now she's still living with her sisters well, I, mean, I guess her aunt? I mean she's still living at home with her mom. Oh, I thought that I thought that her aunt came and got her. Yeah, but took her back to her mom's. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. Oh, God. So, even after Norma admitted this to the authorities and stuff, they still only gave the girls a warning and no other action was taken. Well, not long. After that incident, on May 25th, two boys were playing in an old abandoned house and found a corpse of a four-year-old named Martin Graham <gasps> laying in an upstairs room. He was laying on his back with his arms stretched above his head. Aside from the specks of blood and foam around his mouth, no signs of violence were visible on his body. A local workman named John Hall soon arrived and tried to attempt CPR, but it was too late. As Hall was attempting CPR, Mary and Norma appeared in the doorway and had to be ordered out when police arrived. With no obvious cause of death, it was assumed that Martin Brown had swallowed pills from a discarded bottle That was found nearby. The very next day, on May 26th, Norma Bell's father caught Mary choking his 11-year-old daughter. He slapped Mary in the face and sent her home. Good for him. Right? I feel like
0: this is the only person who's ever disciplined her to this point. What the heck are you doing? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Later on that day, a local nursery school was vandalized. Tiles peeled off the slate roof, torn books, upturned desks, and smeared ink on all the posters. Police discovered notes that read, Futch off. we murder, watch out, Fanny and Faggot. We did murder Martin Brown. Fuck off, you bastard. Please dismiss this incident as a childish prank. Four days later, Mary appeared at the Browns' residence, asking Mary to see Martin. Take a drink of your wine. Oh, Lord. <sighs> okay. While well, Martin's mom reminded her of the tragedy of. Martin dying. Mary told his grieving mother. Oh, I know he's dead. I wanted to see him in his coffin. Oh, my God. Like, what the fuck? What's wrong with you? You go to someone's grieving mother. Yeah. You're a child, and you're like, I want to see him in his coffin. Oh, my gosh.
0: I'm creepy. Right. Poor family.
1: I have pictures of what the handwritten letters look like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I murder so that I may come back. We did murder Martin Brown. Fuck off you. Does that even mean so I can come back? I, I don't know. They didn't say much about that one. That one was only in pictures.
0: <sighs> it, it's terrible, too, because it's like you can, you can see that obviously the child handwriting here, you know, yes. the, the bees and the, I mean, yeah,
1: it, it's definitely a child's handwriting.
0: And, and that's not spelled correctly. I mean, it's no. just, oh my Lord, that is so terrifying. Yes. On May 31st, a newly installed security
1: system was installed at the vandalized nursery school and the alarm went off, which caused police to come rushing back to the scene. Here they found Mary and Norma loitering beside the building Both girls denied involvement in the previous break-in, and they were released into their parents' custody. Well, two months go by before the disappearance of a three-year-old named Brian Howe, which happened in Newcastle. On July 31st of 1968, an immediate search was mounted. The parents said he was last seen outside the house playing with his siblings, the family dog, Mary, and Norma. When he didn't return home later that afternoon is when the concern set in. Mary told Brian's sister that he might be playing in a heap of concrete blocks that had been dumped out in a nearby vacant lot. In fact, he was discovered there, among a tumble of slabs, covered in clumps of grass and weeds in what looked like an attempt to conceal the body, but unfortunately, he was dead. A victim of manual strangulation, legs and stomach mutilated with a razor and a pair of scissors that police recovered at the scene. It was later concluded in the reports that an, someone had used a razor to carve an N into his stomach, then changed the letter to an M. The scissors were used to cut off some of Brian's hair, scratch his legs, and mutilate his private area. Oh. Here is
0: evidence of the scissors mm. an N. And then it was changed to an M? Yep. Interesting. That's tragic. Right. I mean. How old was he?
1: He was three. Oh. A medical examiner suggested that the killer might have been a child since little force was used and that Brian had been dead for up to seven and a half hours. Detectives started circulating questionnaires among local children, asking suspects to account for their whereabouts at the time of Brian's death. Answers from both Mary and Norma were inconsistent both girls were brought in for questioning while Mary claimed that she had seen an older boy abusing Brian and quote, I saw him trying to cut a cat's tail off with those scissors he had. Oh God. But something was wrong with them. One leg was broken or bent. Well, something like that. Unquote. The self-incriminating statement was more than enough to convince detective James Dobson that Mary was the actual killer because only the police knew about the broken scissors oh, found at the crime scene. Although the testimonies were given, it was still never clear what precise details happened in the murder of Brian. So here is Brian Howe oh, and Martin Brown. That is
0: awful. It, it's very, very sad. It, <sighs> it, It's very sad. I'm so surprised that, like, so much... Has, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel like a lot of people have seen her being weird or being abusive or being right. overly rough or, you know, you know, and something was done sooner. Right. Yeah. Like they're still allowing these kids to I mean, I guess back in the day, you know, but nothing was being done about it. It's just, I mean, I guess you wouldn't think a child would do something like no, that. No, you absolutely don't.
1: So a few days later, Norma's parents called the police telling them that Norma wanted to confess what she knew about the death of Brian. She proceeded to tell police how Mary took her to Brian's body and then demonstrated how she strangled him and apparently confessed to Norma she enjoyed strangling him, telling her all about the mark on his stomach, how she did it, and then about the broken scissors. Norma then drew the marks made on the body and proved it was the same as the medical examiner has stated. Mm. Mary began telling police that they were trying to brainwash her and that she would get someone to get her out of this, even though they told her they matched fibers from Brian's body to a dress that Mary was wearing the day of the death, and those fibers were also found on Martin Brown as well. Mm. Brian was buried at a local cemetery, and the ceremony had over 200 people attend. Detective Dobson was there and was planning on arresting both girls later that day. As Brian's coffin was being carried out from the home, there stood Mary laughing, <gasps> Dobson said, quote, she stood there laughing, laughing, and rubbing her hands. I thought to myself, God, I've got to bring her in. She's going to do another one. Unquote. Yeah. Both oh. girls, right. Like. That is so sinister. I feel like I would have just like went and arrested her right then. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Take I'm, her out right now. Something. Like that's. That's, Mm. that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Both girls were arrested for the murder of Brian Howe. Mary's response was, that's all right by me. But Norma burst into tears and said, I never, I'll pay you back for this. Mary completed a written statement trying to say that she was present for all the incidents, Martin, the vandalism, and Brian, but in her statement, she was pinning everything on Norma. Oh. Both girls went through a psychological evaluation, resulting in Norma being intellectually delayed and a submissive character who easily displayed emotions. Whereas Mary was a bright yet cunning character prone to sudden mood swings and occasionally was willing to talk, although she would suddenly become defensive in nature. Neither
0: one of those are Sound. diagnosis of anything. That's right. that's a character analysis, -hmm. Are are you trying to tell me that the psychological evaluations didn't turn up any? That's all they said. Disorders. That's all they said. Oh gosh.
1: At trial on December fifth of nineteen sixty eight, both pleaded not guilty, and the judge waived the right to anemone on account of their age. As such, the media was allowed to publicize their names, pictures, ages, etc.
0: So they just threw it all out there. The yep, media probably had a field the day. De-
1: the judge waved all that. Yeah. So, after a nine-day trial on December seventeenth, and the jury deliberating for three hours and twenty-five minutes, the jury cleared Mary of the murder, but convicted her of manslaughter. Ugh. And Norma was acquitted of all charges. Upon hearing the verdicts, Norma clapped her hands in excitement and Mary burst into tears as her mother and grandmother wept. Passing the sentence, the judge described Mary as dangerous and a very grave risk to other children and steps must be taken in order to protect the public from her. Mary was sentenced an indefinite sentence of imprisonment. Wow. Uh At 11 years old? Yeah, that's what you think. Described by court psychiatrists as intelligent, manipulative, and dangerous, Mary proved herself a problem inmate. In early 1969, it was said that she was the only female inmate, and in 1970, she fabricated charges of indecent assault against one of her staff, but the man was acquitted in court. She was transferred to a different prison at the age of 16 and then unsuccessfully applied for parole. In September of 1977, she escaped from more <gasps> Court, open prison, with another inmate named Annette Pri- Priest. In the meantime, they had met two boys with whom they spent the nights with, a circumstance that placed the egocentric Mary back into the headlines, offering a blow-by-blow account of how she gave up her virginity. Oh, perfect. Yeah, because, you know, the That's, media cares about that. Yeah,
0: they need to hear all about
1: that. Well, these women would enjoy amusement parks, sleep in various local hotels, and Mary used the alias of Mary Robinson before the two escapees parted. Of course, this incident made national headlines, like we said before, and Mary was arrested in the home of one of the men named Clive, might be Cleve, Cleve, Clive, Clive. Cleve, Clive, Cleve, Cleve, Cleve Shirtcliffe. Annette was also arrested a few days later and returned to prison. So the penalty for Mary escaping was a loss of privileges in prison for 28 days.
0: Oh, that's it? Yeah, that's it. What privileges do you have in prison to lose? For 28 days.
1: (laughs) Okay. If you want to escape, you're only, well, back then, I guess. Yeah. You were only going to get your privileges taken away for 28 days. Lord have mercy. Almost two years later, in June of 1979, the Home Office announced their decision to transfer Mary to H.M. Prison an open category prison in efforts to prepare her for her eventual release into society. I thought that she was indefinite. That's what I thought, too, so I I don't know. Good behavior, I don't freaking know. Which apparently was planned for the following year. During this time, she worked as a secretary and as a waitress in a local cafe, of course, under supervision. Oh. Mary was released from H.M. Prison in May of 1980 at the age of 23. Oh, Lord. Having served almost 11 and a half years in custody, she was granted to stay anonymous, including a new name. This allowed her to start a new life elsewhere in the country under her assumed identity. A spokesman stated upon Mary's release that she wished to be given a chance to a normal life and to be left alone.
0: I don't feel like you deserve that. You don't deserve that. And I mean, I... Compl- you got indefinite. Yeah. You you were given an indefinite sentence that they didn't uphold. And I mean, it literally just goes to show that you, I mean, you escaped from prison. You got privileges taken away for 28 days. I mean, it's just a constant reiteration that she can break the rules. She can do what she wants. And there are really no well, actual repercussions. Like, um, the Fritzel case. Yeah.
1: Remember um, where they're from, mm-hmm. uh, charges are dropped or expunged after X amount of years. And yeah. that's why they didn't
0: have him raping that girl yeah. when he was younger. It's just insane to think, you know. I mean, and the thing is, you know, 23, yeah, she was 23 is when she got still released. so young and immature. Yeah. And I mean, I know that you feel like an adult and you want to be, you know, but. There's, I mean, after spending the majority of your adolescence um, in prison, you can't possibly, I just, I can't yeah, wrap I my brain. Yeah, I don't agree with
1: it, but four years after her release, Mary gave birth to her daughter on May 25th of 1984, and this would prove to be her only child. Her daughter knew nothing of her mother's past until 1998 when reporters discovered Mary's then-current location in a resort town on the coast, where they had both been living for the past 18 months. The media forced Mary and her 14-year-old daughter to leave their home and be driven to a safe house by undercover officers. Both of them later relocated to another part of the of the United Kingdom. Mary's daughter, and now granddaughter, as of 2009, have been granted the right to remain anonymous for an extended life, or for the extension of their life and her granddaughter. Mary's daughter actually only had it till she was 18 until they went to court and fought it to have it extended. In 1998, Mary collaborated with an author and wrote a book of her life before and after the crimes called Cries Unheard, The Story of Mary Bell. This book tells of her life and what she went through Interviews from family and friends and others during her entire life, and Mary's current whereabouts are unknown and remain protected. Wow, here is
0: a copy of the front of the book. Why children kill not just not just child, but why children kill. Okay, so I, I might check it out mm-hmm it's It's so crazy to me though, because I mean, to some extent, I do, I guess, understand, she's not the first, she's not the first child to do something horrific No, and actually go on to live a good life, you know, was rehabilitated. She's not the first, you know, child to do something horrific and then literally never do anything else bad again, you know. But I just, I just also, I mean, it's a double-edged sword, though. How do you know that? How do you know that she's safe for release? How do you know that she's psychologically ready? And she's not going to go kill again. Exactly. I, I don't know. I don't get that part either. That is insanity. What a crazy case. I've never heard that before. Yeah, it's, it's, it was crazy. That is very, very interesting. Wow. Well, on a lighter note. We have some freaky facts about wine. Oh, yay. I love these. <laughs> Our first freaky fact is that there is something called the, I, I'm not going to pronounce this correctly, Hamarotti's I mean, I don't, I don't Code. Um, it was... Back from the 1800 B.C. um, And it was a law about wine. And it stated that fraudulent wine sellers had to be punished by drowning in a river. You cannot sell fraudulent wine. Okay. So, there you go. Two new studies have shown that polyphenols in wine and chocolate increase blood flow and oxygen to the brain, boosting cognitive ability. (laughs) Now... I'm not really sure exactly how that works because I, I, I definitely become less cognitive the more that I drink. Well, maybe that's because you're only supposed to have one or two. Maybe. You know, not... <laughs> the, ah. the effect gets even more beneficial as you age, so cheers to us, since there is a natural reduction in blood supply around the brain later in life. All the more reason to have a glass of medicine and a little dessert every chance you get. I'll remember that. (laughs) The world champion of recognizing wine by smell. His name is Richard Julin. Sure. Yeah. Richard Julin, who was able to recognize 43 wines out of 50 for comparison. Second place was only able to recognize four. By smell. I could not. No, absolutely not. That's I incredible. Not. I
1: could tell you if it was sweet or dry.
0: Yes, <laughs> Absolutely. I could probably distinguish red or white, but that's about as far as my wine-smelling goes. Maybe I could.
1: I don't know. I'm not going to give myself that much credit.
0: <laughs> France once had a wine made with cocaine. <laughs> what the heck? Back in 18. 18- um, did you
1: know that... I don't know if this is really true or not, but have you heard that when they first made
0: Coca-Cola, mm-hmm. it had cocaine in it? I have heard that. Again, I'm not sure if it's true or not, but I have heard that. How was that even legal? Well, I don't, I don't. it was at the time because cocaine was not illegal at the time. Back in 1863, Vin Marion wasn't your average French wine brand. The concoction was made by mixing six milligrams of coca leaves for each ounce of Bordeaux wine. The wine became illegal once drug laws changed, so there you
1: go <laughs> so, so <laughs> they put
0: cocaine and wine,
1: but alcohol's a downer,
0: mhm cocaine's an upper. Oh my gosh, could you imagine <laughs> the, no. the head change? My body wouldn't know what to do. I think that would lead
1: to a panic attack in some sort of way because yeah, you, you don't know whether to, yeah. Go crazy or chill out. (laughs) Shoo.
0: In Vietnam, if you are in the know and ask your waiter for a glass of cobra wine, they will serve you rice wine covered with snake blood that is killed on the spot. Why the heck would you ask for that? I don't know. I, uh, I've always, I've always prided myself as a bit of a foodie of I'll try anything once. I ain't trying that. I was about to say, don't you sit here and
1: tell me you are not try that, that because I'm not going to sit with you if you are.
0: Killed on the spot. Lord. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Ancient Romans believed that seasoning was more important than the main flavor of wine. They often added fermented fish sauce, garlic, lead, and Epstein. Fish sauce. <laughs> if I drink wine
1: that has <laughs> fish sauce... I like garlic in my food. I like a, I love garlic in
0: my food. but don't I don't want garlic in it. my wine. Yeah, that would not be good.
1: Fish sauce. Yes. Cheese.
0: Bubbles in wine have been observed since ancient Greece and were attributed to the phase of the moon or to evil spirits. We've just had two bottles that yeah. have bubbles. <laughs> Very bubbly wine. Hopefully the spirits will stage stage the new pod In Japan, there is a spa where you can swim in tea, coffee, and wine. I'm going to ask my Aunt May about it. We should go there. The world's oldest bottle is, like, really old. (laughs) (laughs) Specifically, it dates back to 325 A.D. and is on display at a museum in Germany. It is 1,700 years old. That can't be good no more. No. No, you don't want to drink that. You need to drink seven glasses of orange juice or 20 glasses of apple juice in order to get the same amount of antioxidants that you get from wine. If I drink that much apple juice, I'm (laughs) going (laughs) to diarrhea all over the place. (laughs) Probably never leave the bathroom.
1: And if I drink that much orange juice, I'm going to have so much heartburn. Heartburn, yeah. I'm going to be laying on the floor acting like I'm dying.
0: That would be bad. So
1: that's just a lose-lose right there.
0: (laughs) And last but not least, in ancient Greece, the host of dinner would take the first sip of wine to ensure that the wine served to the guest wasn't poisoned. The act of courtesy was where the phrase, drinking to one's health, originated. Uh Cheers, guys. (laughs) So...
1: If you go to Greece and they drink the wine
0: and they fall out, don't drink it. Don't drink it. You can join our freaky little family both on Instagram and Facebook and find all of the featured photos from this episode at Sips of Crime. For a chance to have your story featured on one of our future episodes, send us a Gmail to sipsofcrime at gmail.com. And you can find all of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would really appreciate you giving us a five-star review because it really helps other people find our podcasts and our episodes. Thanks for listening. Stay alive.